Hey, Ty Brady here with Brady Insurance Marketing in the Ty Brady Way, one of the nation's largest field marketing organizations that helps independent agents achieve a six and seven figure income with the systems and strategies that I'm going to talk about with you today. Welcome back to another episode of the Ty Brady Way. Today, I have an exciting uh, gentleman, Siri Ibrahim, on the on the line today, and we're doing this remotely. Typically, I like to do these face to face, but him and I connected on uh, LinkedIn, and he's got some powerful stuff to share with us today. And you know, one of the things I always like to uh, talk about on the show is Siri. Siri, uh, where? How did you get in the industry you're in now, or you know, what have you tried in the past? Let's let's start there. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for having me on your podcast. I, I appreciate it. So my journey started about, I would say, eight years ago. I was uh, doing my MBA and I, I, I was looking for some uh, some work as a project manager. But then I got a job at Allstate Insurance in sales and marketing. And that actually took a, a, a change in my in my career. I, I knew that I wanted to pursue a career in insurance and financial services because of like the, the rewards, the freedom the time freedom, the location freedom. So that's what I dove into. And then I started a company called Financial Asset Protection. So it's a full service financial services firm. We do all types of life insurance, annuities, and other investment planning in all 50 states. And sometimes we even do things outside of the country for for, for some international clients. And yeah, and then I started a podcast called Thinking Like a Bank, which is a show that talks about financial strategies and how to think like a bank and apply the same strategies and principles that banks use. So yeah, I appreciate being on your podcast and glad to talk about, you know, insurance and financial services. You know, I think I, we, I talked to you a little bit about, I tried the financial service arena when I first got in the industry and I just didn't like it. It wasn't my forte. And then, you know, we talked about how I specialize in helping people into Medicare, but one of the principles that I think in, that I learned though is banking on yourself. And I have five kids. I have I have a 20 paid life insurance policy on all my kids. My wife's probably insured for about seven million. Um, I'm a firm believer in bank on yourself. And what what's the principle on that that you try to teach your the consumers or people in your industry? You know, it's powerful. You know, time is money, right? Yeah, yeah. I try to teach clients how to number one take control of their finances for them to be the bank, for them to be their own sources of financing. So that's what bank on yourself is. It's a, it's a way to use a specially designed high cash value whole life insurance for you to become like your own source of financing. You use it as a retirement tool, use it as a saving tool. You could use it for other investments outside of the policy itself. So that's what I help clients. And I also help clients not have to rely on what Wall Street does, not have to rely on what the stock market or what the U.S. government is going to do. So I help them take control of their financial life. You know, I have a lot of whole life insurance policies, and my goal is to have $3 million in cash value in the life insurance policy. And obviously, my intention is to never uh, cash it out, just mm-hmm. borrow against it and let get the death benefit to my kids. What way to transfer wealth, right? Yeah, absolutely. So the the way you're you're describing it is a is a way that the, the ultra-wealthy, this is what the ultra-wealthy do. They buy assets and they borrow against those assets. They don't withdraw from them. They don't sell them. They just borrow against them, and they keep doing that until they die. So when they die, you take all their assets, the market value of all their assets. So the, you're looking at the face value of the whole life policy. It appreciates real estate, everything, and then you subtract the debt from them, from that, and then that's what you leave your beneficiaries. And usually it's a, it's a much higher number. So the strategy you're talking about is a very powerful financial strategy. You have your whole life policy. Let's just say you have $3 million in cash value in it. You keep taking out loans 
And your, yep. if your cash value is three million, your death benefit is probably going to be like 13 million or something like that or 10 million, you know? So you're, you're constantly leveraging the death benefit, the higher one. And then when you pass away, they'll just, they'll take out the death benefit minus the loans and, and interest and then pay that to your beneficiaries. You know, I, I didn't, I mean, I didn't like this obviously when I started in the industry, but I learned a lot about it. And I had a brother that started in the insurance industry property and casual. And he's the one that sold me my, you know, he was the first one that sold me a life insurance policy when I was 18. And I'm here, I am 45. I still have that policy today and it's been paid for, but it still continues to uh, accumulate cash value. In fact, I got in trouble with Mecca and had to increase the cat, the face amount because, you know, taxes. So yeah. it's uh, kind of interesting how that all works. But so you, one of the things I wanted to touch base on, you said you, you, you have a master's degree. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. An MBA. An MBA. And you're like, Hey, I'm going to, you get a job with Allstate and you're going down this path and you're like, Hey, wait a minute, there's something to this. And then you decided eight years ago, is that what I heard you say that you decided yeah. to, so when, so when you decided to do this kind of, what was that first couple of years like? I mean, people probably look at you now and be like, Hey, you know, they see the, the highlight reels, right? But what was that first two years like in starting a new business and, I mean, you could have went and got a job somewhere with an MBA, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was that was kind of the pushback I got from like close family and friends. Why don't you just get a job at a, you know, I'm I'm from Chicago, right? There's a lot of corporate jobs in Chicago in the suburbs and the city of Chicago. So like, why don't you get a job with your MBA? And I I didn't want to. I I I never thought I was really employable to to work for you know a large company to have you know um a bunch of bosses and have to. I, I that was never for me, right? I loved uh, every time I met with an insurance agent or IMO or FMO or recruiter. I liked, I, I you know, I, I fell for everything, right? I liked everything, their entire sales pitches. I believed in it, right? I believed in, you know, working. And it's true. It's not like they were lying. It is true. In the insurance field, you can work wherever you want. You could, you know, you can live in a different country and still service your client base virtually. You could, you know, take on more clients. You could sell. I'm an independent broker, so I could sell really anything. And, and let me back up for a second so before financial services i was actually a medicare broker technically ah. i still i still am a medicare broker i still have clients and i still have a, a few affiliations with you know a couple of big insurance companies so that was my introduction to the self-employed side of becoming an insurance broker was working on the medicare side and i tell you like the biggest differences are uh, the, i guess the timing of, of the time it takes to work with clients on the medicare side from the intro meeting to closing and getting paid could probably happen in two weeks, sometimes even faster, right? Yep. On the life insurance and annuity side, it could take two years for all that to happen. By the time people are ready, their spouses are ready, their children, you know, you're following up here, month, they're going on vacation, it could take a year to get paid on a deal. So that's kind of like the biggest differences between the Medicare side and the financial services side. And then uh, another thing too is with Medicare, you know, I, I really like it, but the problem is I noticed that you just need kind of a lot of clients, and that's fine, right? You need a lot of clients in every type of insurance field. So yeah, there's a lot of differences, but really, I, I enjoy the field, and I'll and I'll stay. I'll, I'm going to stay in the field for the rest of my life for sure. You know, I have a lot of people that listen to the show that are very successful in different types of careers, from mortgage, real estate, uh, retired from civil service, retired from you know, active military. I mean, I could go on and on. What would be one piece of advice you would tell the audience here today? Uh, absolutely. A piece of the best advice that, that I, that, that kept me in the industry is time. Just stay as long as you can in the industry, never give up. 
uh, things compound. It might take you a year to do one policy, but then the second year you might do 500 policies. That's very possible. So like your effort always compounds. Um, and then don't judge yourself based off of like your previous history, right? Like keep going forward. The, the best, the top people in, in every field of insurance, whether that's life insurance or Medicare or property casualty, it's the time they put into it. They just lasted longer than other people. That was the number one thing they did. Yeah. You know, I listened to a previous uh, NFL star. They won the Super Bowl, the Raiders. And he said, you know, one thing that made us great is that we knew that when we stepped onto the field, that it may be our last chance to play the game. And he says that's the, the edge that we had uh, when we went out on the field. And he just absolutely adored his uh, pre, his his uh, teammates, right? Because of that, mm-hmm. never right. give up. That is great. Now, the last question is: Is where do you see this going in the next five years? And then we'll wrap this up. Yeah, in the next five years, I plan to uh, keep expanding. Where I keep taking on more clients. I'm thinking about recruiting. It's still kind of early now because I that it's completely different, right? You know this probably better than me. Recruiting agents is is completely different than selling new policies. It's a different type of. Uh, business in, in that sense, but maybe I might lean into that in the next within the next five years. And then, yeah, I want to just help as many people as possible, protect their families, protect their wealth from all types of risks. Well, how do you get your clients? I mean, obviously word of mouth, but how did you mm-hmm. start getting your first, how did you get your first client? Yeah, my, okay, so let me think. All right, so my first client, I guess my first client as a self-employed agent, um, it was a referral. It was a Medicare referral. Some my upline agent referred me to them, and I went to their home and I'm closed. It was a Medicare Advantage plan. Uh-huh. That was my first. That was my first as a self-employed agent. And um, I guess to answer your question, how do I get my leads? A lot of my clients come from podcasting, so yeah. I do a lot of I do a lot of guest, guest guest podcasting like this right now. I've done probably 350 guest appearances, so I get a lot of leads from that way. From people reach out to me from hearing me on podcasts. Plus our own podcast that we have, thinking like a bang, we get leads from that. Plus, uh, my I also I work I work with a couple of different marketing organizations. They sell me leads, so that's another big oh, thing yeah. too. And then uh, referrals, yeah, I built a client base over the last eight years. So I get referrals from that, and then just you know random networking when I go to events and things like that. That also, but uh, that's a big thing too. Is you know if you're listening to this and you're wondering how to get leads, uh, there is no like one way to get leads, right? It's <laughs> kind of ten, ten different ways to get leads. Like you need. And even if you have one way right now that's just amazing way of getting leads, you have to diversify. You have to take on different things. You have to think outside the box. You have to get uncomfortable. Even if you're comfortable with your current lead provider, you got to do other things to keep. Because what if something happens to that lead provider, right? They stop sending you leads. They go out of business or something like that. You need your own source of lead. And even on top of all of that, clients don't work with you because – of the companies you represent, because of your insurance license, because of your CRM. They're not working with you because of those reasons. They're working with you because of your brand, of who you are as an agent and what you have to offer to the marketplace. So that's what you want to brand and build on. Absolutely. You know, I refer to that as like there are honey pots out there, right? But sure. they go dry. And if yeah, you're not yeah. diversifying, then you're, you're left just kind of like, oh, what's, what am I going to do next? Any last uh, thoughts you'd like to leave with the audience, and then we'll close this out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, work with a mentor, work with your coach, work with your upline agents. You know, uh, they know what they're doing, right? So, like that—that that was that was what kept me in the industry going. Is get mentoring, get coaching as much as you can. Sherry, that was a pleasure. 
um, Abraham, hopefully I'm terrible with names. I apologize. So, but they can connect with you on LinkedIn. You said they can find you. I will uh, post his link on the, the text and you guys can link on his bio, reach out to him. He's been a great wealth of knowledge on bank on yourself and just, you know, doing the right thing and how to generate leads or how, you know, I, I also say with leads is talk on, talk where your feet are. Yeah. Thanks again yeah. for being on today and taking time out of your schedule. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Type Radio Way. As always, share, like, and subscribe. Um, go to Instagram at ty.r.brady. And as always, love hearing from you. And let me know what you want to learn on the show or what you'd like me to bring up on the show. Thanks. You can find the Ty Brady Way on Instagram as well as Facebook. To stay connected with giveaways and Ty himself, go ahead and follow at ty.r.brady on Instagram as well as Facebook. This podcast was recorded, edited, and produced by Whitney Face Media Marketing. The theme music is an excerpt from Hot Chicken of the Woods by Isaac Joel.